0: Thank you very much. I I am blessed to be here. I thank you for the praise team. Uh, thank you very much for leading us in worship. Secondly, I want to thank the big choir. Okay, and if you don't see who I'm pointing to, I'm pointing to you. Okay, you are the big choir. And uh, I thank you for singing. I thank you for letting your words and your songs spill over the top of me as I was up here at the front. Uh, It's fabulous. Uh, Folks, I preach in a lot of places in Colorado. And I don't say this to everybody, but I really appreciate the choir. Okay? Yes. So. you are lifting your voices to Jesus, you are praising him, and I'm very grateful for that. I want you to turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5, as uh, we've been planning this, uh, this day for a long time, and Aaron is up here, and he's going to be helping with uh, the estate planning workshop that we're going to be doing in a little bit after the second service, I was asking God, so what do I preach at Majestic Baptist Church? Asking God to just lay the passage on my heart. Uh, It's easy for guys like us that travel all over the place and preach, sometimes to take up just what I call an oldie but goodie, okay? Or, Or we think it's a goodie, okay? Maybe you don't, but anyway... But that's not what this is today, okay? That's not what this is today. Uh, this is what God has laid on my heart, and I, it's always what God has laid on my heart when I preach to our churches. So if you would, just listen, turn on, take your Bibles, turn on your, your iPads, whatever you might have, and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. A number of days ago, I was driving down the highway in Denver, And that's always a a trick, Some okay? Uh, People tell me when I'm on the Western Slope all the time, we are just not Denver, and I know that, okay? You're just not Denver either, okay? But as I was driving in Denver the other day, there was a car that had a bumper sticker, and the top part of it just had the word time on it. And it kind of caught my attention, and I... Every time we stopped at a red light, I was trying to get close enough to read what the rest of it said without really having an accident. But I moved over into another lane, got right behind the car. Luckily, there was another red light like there is. And and this is what it said. This is what the bumper sticker said. In two days, our tomorrow will be our yesterday. And I I got that, and I wrote it down at the next slide, uh, because I always keep something to write down just in case I hear something that I need to remember. And I thought, isn't that the case? In two days, our tomorrow wouldn't have been our yesterday. As I thought about this passage scripture that I'm going to preach on in just a moment, time is something that we say we have a lot of, but it just goes like that. The other day, I was I received some pictures of, from my daughter that lives in Overland Park, Kansas, and and my two granddaughters were beginning school, and literally they had been putting them in the same place on the patio, year after year after year after year, so you can just kind of count the bricks and how much bigger they're getting. And there was these two granddaughters. One's now 15, a sophomore in high school. And I'm going, how in the world did this take place? She's driving. That's even scarier, okay? And then next week, I'm, next weekend, I'm going to be out there with them. And my youngest one is going to turn thirteen. No longer She's a teenager, folks. Time just flies by. Someone asked me, how long have you had your car? And I said, well, not really very long. And they said, well, how many miles do you have? And I have said, I have 170,000 miles. But I haven't had it very long. I want to talk about our time today. If you turn to Ephesians, as I've said a number of times, Ephesians chapter 5, just three little verses here today. And it begins with verse 15. Verse 15 and Paul is saying to those at Ephesus look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise for 16 making the best use of your time some of your translations might say redeeming your time because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let me just pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for these verses. I thank you for the way that that you have spoken to me through your Holy Spirit about these verses. And Father, I, I ask that you would just help as I try to expound on them, share with these wonderful people what your Holy Spirit has kind of placed into my heart. In your name I pray. Amen. I want you to begin with the believer's life principle in verse 15. The believer's life principle in verse 15. Begin with, it says says in verse 15, look carefully. That word carefully is the word almost scrutinize. It, it is to examine or to inspect very, very closely to not let it and thoroughly, to not let it get away from you. To be careful, pay careful attention. It simply means to look and pay very cl- careful attention to what is going on. A number of years ago, my grandson Malachi came to visit us and we were I was running up from one level to another level, and, <clears throat> and he was out in the, on the patio. And he was knelt down very, very close to the ground, to the concrete. And I thought, what in the world is he doing? And so I just came back down the steps and around the corner, kind of hid a little bit, Peeked around the, the curtain, and there he was. Knelt down, his face was about this far from the ground, and he was scrutinizing something on the ground. The very cool part of it we had an English Springer Spaniel by the name of Duncan that was sitting right down next to him on his, on his back end. And he was watching whatever it was too. And occasionally their heads would do this. Both of them. Together. And pretty soon it'd go. I'm like, what what is going on? So I finally got to the point place where I could see that there was this bug on the concrete. And it was hopping. Time it hopped, their heads would lift up and go back down. It was synchronized. Folks, they were doing what this verse says with this bug. They are paying very close attention to what was going on. Folks, Paul is saying to those at Ephesus. This needs to be our life principle. We need to pay close attention. Now, to pay close attention to what? Goes on and says, Look carefully then how you walk. That's just not this, folks. It's not saying, well, pay careful attention how you walk and take your steps and there's sometimes we need to do that because the sidewalks are whatever or the whatever but that's not what Paul is really saying to us he says how you walk he's saying how you walk through your life pay very careful attention to how you Are living your life. What you partake in. What you see. What you're a part of. And he simply goes on and says, Be careful about this, but he also says, about this in the last part of verse 15. Not as unwise, but as wise. So As you you walk through your life, be careful how you walk, but be wise. Now, I thought it was really amazing because as I picked up the bulletin this morning, I said, Pastor Scott's starting a series on Proverbs. Okay? So the first few chapters, you're going to find out all about wisdom, okay? So we're not going to deal with that, but in the next few weeks, you're going to learn how to walk wise as Scott works through this. So literally, folks, our principle is to... Look carefully how we walk, not as unwise, but as wise as we go through our lives. Now I'm gonna get I'm gonna get practical for a moment. Not that I haven't been, but I'm gonna even get more practical, okay? I'm gonna ask you some questions. What do we allow our eyes to see? As we walk through our land, as we walk through our lives. As we're wise and not unwise, what do we allow our eyes to see? We need to be careful, folks. My son and I, when he was play- when he was just gra- starting to almost graduating from high school, he played a lot of basketball and he was pretty good at it. And he played at Colorado State University. And we went to Vegas. That was Las Vegas, okay. And he was on an AAU team and. And we are driving down the road, and literally this is what we said our week was like. We play golf by day, and he plays basketball by night, okay? But we're walking, we're driving down a road after playing golf, and I'm driving, and he's in the passenger seat, and he's pretty quiet, which is not like him, but he finally says these words. Dad! How do you do it? And I really didn't know what he meant. So I I looked over at him and I said, What do you mean, Brian? How do I do what? Remember where we're at? Las Vegas. There's billboards. There's things on the back of taxis. It's not good stuff. And I was... I was excited. Not about that. But I was excited that my son was looking carefully. What do we allow our eyes to see? Where do we allow our feet to go? What do we allow our hands to touch and what do we allow our tongues to taste? Sometimes I think we're pretty lackadaisical about some of these things. Maybe I'm just lackadaisical. But I think as a whole, the Christian community is. So he's saying to us two things. Look carefully, scrutinize, how we walk through life, and do it carefully, and do it with wisdom. Secondly, I I want you to see the believer's life purpose. The believer's life purpose in verse 16. says, simply making the best use of your time, or as the King James says, redeeming your time, because the days are evil. making the best use of your time. There were time. In the Greek, there's two words for time. There's one that is chronos. And that's where we get a chronological word. And there's another term called kairos. Chronological is just simply saying it's, it's, a, it's a step in time. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January, February, March, April, May. It's setting a, a, a time in order. But that's not the word that Paul uses here. The word that Paul uses here is krinos. This simply means a season of time. Now, yes, January could be a season of time, and it could be kairos, but it's in a chronological order. But he is saying, make the best use of your time. And he is simply saying, how do you use your time? If you were to go back to last Sunday evening, and you were to look at your week that you have just completed, your krinos, your week, this span of time, How did you use it? How'd you use it? Was it for God? Was it not for God? Did you make the best use of it? Did you redeem it? Folks Paul is simply saying as you evaluate the time, have you used it? Folks, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna push well I am pushing seventy. I know I don't look it, but you know whatever. But the question is, for me, as I, as I looked at this, as God really put this into my heart, how have I used my time, my 70 years? Have I redeemed it for the Lord, or have I, I wasted it? I mean, we can look back, and we can look back at the month of August, and what have we done, folks? Well, it's so easy to go through life and just do it, being pressured by 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 the. The people around us, sometimes, okay. Paul simply is saying to us, "What is what is our purpose? Is it to use our time for God, for His purposes?" Or are we just going through life? There's a young—he's not young anymore, but there's a man I know. Of course, I know him, so he's got to be older. Um, but he—he he is very wealthy. I mean, he's an investment person. I've known him for years. We played some golf. But I asked him one time to uh, accompany me to a family that needed to have some investment information. And and he doesn't really go to people's houses very often, but he said, okay, Doug, I'll go with you. We went out to a, a ranch that was close to Fort Lupton And those ranches are now being eaten up by homes. But there was a ranch at that point, and this guy was there and his wife. and We walked through a bunch of financial things for them. This guy's name is Rick, and we got back in the car. And this is what he said. Doug, you get to do this kind of stuff all the time. but this has been the best use of my time that has happened in the last three or four years. And he literally used the word, I want to redeem more of my time this way. Just call me whenever whenever you need to have somebody. Just call me. I'd love to accompany you. And, and I looked over at Rick and it was like, Rick was there was a tear coming out of his eye. Never seen him have a tear in my entire life. But he was redeeming his time for the Lord. Because that's what we had talked to his family about. This is what we're supposed to be doing, folks. supposed to be used in our Kynos. you know that the king is about ready to kill all the Jews and in Esther chapter 4 it says verse 12 it says and they told Mordecai what Esther had said and we're not going to go back into that but then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than any other Jew for if you keep silent at this time Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And catch this. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther. Who knows if you have come to the earth for just a time as this. Don't miss out. Thirdly, I want you to see one more point. And this is the believer's life plan. Here's our plan. So we've looked at two things, but here's our plan in verse 17. And it simply is saying to us this therefore and the therefore of course goes to a bunch of the, the verses above do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is our plan your plan should be to understand what the will of the Lord is for your life Early in my life, when I still had very, very dark brown hair, God called me, was calling me into the ministry, into the pastorate. And I said, you've got to be kidding. a lot of sports and I played a bunch of in front of a lot of people but I tried to take speech at one time and never made it through literally I froze up I said you know God I understood the will of God because he told me this is what I want you to do that's not what that word understand really means. It doesn't just mean, hey, understand what the will of the Lord is and then ignore it. Okay? That's not what he's saying. And that's not what he was saying to me when he was calling me into the ministry. He's, I mean, I used to put my head on the pillow and he just said, well, when are you going to respond? And it was every night that he said this to me. And it was like, oh, Lord. Stop. I have my life planned. Planned? I'm going to be a college basketball coach. And he said, No, that's not the will of the Lord for you. It's funny, my son then became a college basketball coach for a long time. That word understand not only means understand what he's saying to you but to then do it okay so I have some questions for you there could be somebody in here that the the holy spirit has been saying to you for a number of weeks or maybe just for one day i want you to receive my son jesus christ as your personal savior he may have come to you and said that and you may understand that word you may understand what he's saying but you're not doing it. I was talking to, I was at a church this week, and I was sitting with uh, uh, the pastor, his wife, and one of the elders, and we were talking about a loan and this and that, whatever, and they asked me for my testimony, and I gave my testimony about how the Lord had been working my life, and And the pastor looked at the elder and and said do you understand what he's saying? Because you're in the very same spot he was years ago. God is calling you. Understand the will of God. And do it. The of God says that he wants to sanctify us, have us grow in him. That's his will. And many times we do not allow him to do that. Understand the will of God and do it. That's the plan. What is God saying to you? My wife and I got married 46 years ago and being the lovely wife she is on the Saturday that we first moved into our house after after we were married she said to me very simply but very firmly where are we going to go to church tomorrow? and I said well I saw this Baptist church around the corner I thought we'd just visit that she said okay so we got ready. We pulled into the parking lot. And this doesn't usually happen to me, but literally God spoke to me. It wasn't audible, but it was, it was very real. You are not supposed to be at this church. I mean, he was like, Really? And I said to my wife, Vicki, I said, we're not supposed to be here. And she said, what are you, what? God just told me we're not supposed to be here. She was like, okay. So she said, where are we going to go to church? And I said, well, there's another Baptist church around the corner here. And we pulled out, went to the other Baptist church, it was late. Went to the young marriage class, went to the worship service. will get into all of that, but... Is really that was God's will. It is so much God's will that that was the church that helped me move from not doing what God wanted me to do to moving towards a pastorate. It was God's will. What is God saying to you today? just a closing here, but very practical thing because I want you to, to think about this over the week. I have a quarter here. There's two sides to this quarter, as you all know. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But there's a heads and a tails. As you go through this week I want you to and you, you pick up a quarter. I want you to remember what Paul says here, and he says it in two different ways. In verse 15, he says, "Look carefully then how you walk, not unwise, but as wise." Okay, that's one side. But he's saying this to us in two different ways, because in verse 17 he says, "Do not be foolish." Oops. That's the same thing. He just says it differently. He says, be wise. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Don't be foolish. Walk carefully. Scrutinize where you're going. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this passage of Scripture. For the encouragement that Paul gave to those at Ephesus.